1: hey what's up everybody this is charles sabansi from the dreamers pro show and we want to welcome you guys to the dreamers pro podcast where we cover everything from sports hot topics classic debates entertainment and we'll give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them now let's get started with the first topic of today's show about two months ago Deion sanders basically took the world at least the sports world by storm Literally everywhere you went, all we could hear about was Deion Sanders. He was turning, you know, people that were never following college college football into believers. People like myself, I don't watch college athletics. He had me, people like my wife and us tuning in to watch uh, co- the Colorado football team play games on, um, on Saturdays. And there was a lot of excitement. And, you know, Deion Sanders at the time was a magnet. He was a media magnet everywhere. You know, he went, there were, you know, media publications about him. He was on shows like ESPN First Take, Undisputed, literally every single week. He was the hottest thing in town. But um, over time, you know, things started to simmer down as the Colorado football team uh, started losing, you know, uh, games. And as we currently speak, they have a four and four record. And with losing, you know, people begin to lose interest. It's just the way. Uh, that it is and since then it's been you know ever since he started losing it's been one thing after the other Uh, people started questioning his coaching style basically saying that he would always blame uh, his his offensive line for every single issue that they had he was always critical of his players but he never seemed to place any blame on his son uh, Shador Sanders and people were criticizing that but then something recently happened And this is the one that really sparked the controversy where we're now seeing a lot of his supporters begin to turn on him. What am I talking about? Uh, Recently, there was an incident that took place between, um, that took place where, uh, you know, uh, the Colorado football team was playing against UCLA. And apparently um, the players had their jewelry stolen uh, in the locker room, right? And this news came out and Deion Sanders You know, I guess they made this information public. And then something interesting happened. What happened was uh, a, a number of months ago while Deion Sanders was coaching at Jackson State, another incident had taken place where some items were stolen from the locker room. And what happened was when that incident took place, Deion Sanders went to the public and publicly, you know, cried out, for attention and you know for people to you know to put it you know to put attention on the situation and he basically you know called out the people that stole his items or whatever it was but in this particular case he didn't seem to keep that same energy so what we want to do is want to play his initial comments back when Uh, back when he had his, his items stolen, uh, you know, they were, I think at the time, the the items that were, some of the belongings that were stolen was like a boom box or something like that. So what we want to do is we want to play Deion Sanders going off about this while he was at Jackson State, and then we're to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to Deion Sanders here. Right
0: now, because I had mixed emotions. One, the kids played really well. While the game was going on, somebody came in and stole every darn thing I had in the locker room. Oh in the coaches' God.
2: Office. Oh my God.
0: Yeah credit cards, wallets, watches, thank God I had on my necklaces. How? So when I talk about quality, raising the standards, that goes for everyone, man. Not just the people on the field, not just the coaches, not just the teachers, not just the faculty, but that's Everybody, security in everybody. So how do you think it feels coming back after just teary-eyed because the guys presented me with the game ball, one of the best moments I've ever had in my professional sports career emotionally. And then you go into your locker room, your coach's office to digress and you notice and you don't even have a phone call your mama, to call your girl, to call your, your kids, because it's been stolen. You don't even have the the Scully hats that you wore here. We're gonna find out who did it. Let's flush that. Jackson State D, I love. Wonderful game. Defense played the butts off. Defense was extraordinary. Um, God bless the whole defensive staff. The special teams were incredible. Offense played well. Didn't play great, but they played well. Uh, Stifled a few drives. Self-inflicted wounds. We got to clean that up. offensive line did a great job. Uh,
1: So you heard Deion Sanders. Now, if you even saw the video, you would see that he was visibly... Uh, upset and he was raising his voice and he was very very angry about the situation but then when this situation happened uh you know with ucla he apparently did not keep the same energy and it looks like now some of his supporters and even hbcus are beginning to call him out on it i want to read from an article called rolling out from from rolling out.com and it says hbcu fans call out Uh, Deion Sanders' response to theft of his players' jewelry. The article then continues on fans of HBCUs have once once again challenged challenged the decision-making of Deion Sanders. The Colorado football coach has been criticized for his response or lack thereof to the players, to his players having their jewelry stolen during an away game at UCLA on October 28th. You go play football. You know your bleep is safe, dog, Colorado safety Cameron Simlong Craig said in a video Deion Sanders Jr. posted. That junk is messed up, bruh. The article then continues on. The only gesture resembling a public comment on the robbery from Coach Prime was retweeting of Sanders Jr.'s and Buffalo's edge rusher Jordan J.D.'s uh, Dominic. uh, Forgive and forget, Dominic posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, to whomever, to whoever snuck in. I uh, snuck into the locker room and stole my chain as well as my teammates chain. I forgive you and wish you nothing but the best. Hopefully you turn your life around with whatever you get uh, for mine. And you learn from this. It's all love. During his early months at Jackson state, Sanders made a video about someone in Jackson's uh, in Jackson, stealing his boom box and spent the opening statement of his first post game press conference, going off on someone stealing his belongings during that game. Later, Uh, JSU uh, Athletics claimed his items weren't stolen during the game, but misplaced and were returned to him. His boombox was also returned to him. After leaving Jackson, Sanders mentioned the lack of crime in Colorado, hinting at Jackson's Mississippi having a crime problem. Sanders' daughter, Deandra, Uh, was also called out for claiming the city had a crime problem step to the front please because you had so much to say about crime on jackson state's campus i need the same energy uh for this pwi i need you to slander them the way you did jsu raise awareness like you did towards the black school the article then continues on on october 31st sanders uh october 31st sanders responded one of the critics calling his different response uh, calling how his different response to the theft at JCU's versus the Rose Bowl about which Uh, He was initially silent. My brother Sanders uh, posted on X. Move on with your life. I have, and I am too blessed to be stressed with yesterday's uh, inconsistencies. Y'all talking about two different circumstances. God bless you because he's sure blessing me. Later in the day, Sanders opened the press conference further addressing the situation our kids got robbed during uh, the game last week. That's a travesty, Sanders said, according to Jackson. Uh, I was... Uh, i would expect the ncaa to do something about it these are college kids i'm pretty sure they don't know uh, they don't think uh, about insurance at this point in life i know uh the kids will be forthright and what was stolen and all that stuff should be replaced this is the rose bowl this is the granddaddy of them all well granddaddy has some money and i uh i did hear that uh the home team was robbed as well and that don't make no sense do something about it ncaa you do something about uh everything else do something about uh this one so that's the article there uh it's a pretty long one Uh, so what are my thoughts on this well um some folks are upset uh with Deion sanders for not keeping that same energy and uh, by the way, I've been kind of going through the Internet and I've been seeing various people, especially blacks, black voices that are now going at him for various things. I think, as they say, the honeymoon phase uh, is over this particular issue, though. However, I think um, some of his supporters do have a point. Right. If you're going to if you're going to keep that same and en- if you're going to have this energy for Jackson State, then have it across the board. As you saw, Deion Sanders tried to dismiss it um you know and people are still upset about it overall this is what i think number one i think these people have a point number two this is what happens when you start losing you see winning covers up all of these different things if it was about winning we would hear we would still be here talking about the winning you know he would be on every he would be on every single television every single day he'll be on espn fox sports and it would be so much about that that it would drown out all of the negative press and all of the negative noise but given the fact losing has taken place then these things are now allowed to fester and gain some headway. And now people are going to be talking about it. Um, Do I think that the criticism that people are putting forward towards Deion Sanders is going to affect him in any way? No, I don't think so. Because if it did, um, I think the initial backlash that he got from leaving Jackson state would, have, you know, would have bothered him, but I don't think it will. Ultimately, a lot of the people that were upset about upset at him, some of them ended up supporting him when they saw him doing well, uh, at a different program i think if he continues to win ultimately people will forget about this because people do have a short memory and people tend to forgive uh, but for this particular situation i do believe that his um, supporters and the people calling him out uh, are making a very good point now if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment As you guys know, Russell Westbrook has been one of the most disrespected players in the last 12 months in the NBA. Uh, Recently, the NBA just released a a ranking where they had Russell Westbrook ranked as the 93rd best player. I want to know 92 players that can just go out there and get a triple-double just like that. Because that's the last game we saw Russell Westbrook against the Lakers. He got a triple-double, right? So if you're telling me that there are 92 other guys that are capable of putting together a stat line like that, then have at it. I, I sincerely doubt there are even 25 of them. But anyway, uh, I digress. Russell Westbrook has been disrespected from strength to strength, and one of the people that helped tarnish his legacy over the last year and a half was one Shannon Sharp. As you guys know, Shannon Sharp is an avid LeBron James supporter, which means that he will he will he will cuss out anybody in the world if if it means he has to defend LeBron. He recently did that, with when uh, Kwame Brown was talking about LeBron's go to movie, then personalized it about Kwame Brown, started attacking him. That created kind of a back and forth between uh, Shannon Sharp and Kwame Brown. But during that during that period, during that year and a half when Russell Westbrook was a Laker, Shannon Sharp was one of those people that was going at Russell Westbrook every single day. And what I didn't like about what Shannon was doing was, number one, he was mischaracterizing the issue. And number two, he was making it seem as if Russell Westbrook was the primary reason that that team lost. To me, if you believe that Russell Westbrook was the reason that team didn't even make the play-in tournament, then you have some serious problems. That team just didn't work at all. And I'm not willing to put that on one person. Here's the thing. And here's the issue I'm having with Shannon. Shannon is trying to make it seem uh, seem as if it is about it is about something that it's not. Yesterday I was listening to an episode of him on on one of his shows and he was talking about Russell Westbrook with the Lakers uh versus Russell Westbrook with the Clippers. And he basically tried to summarize it and say that the reason Russell Westbrook is playing better on the Clippers is because there are no expectations. So what I want to do, what we want to do is want to play exactly what Shannon Sharp had to say on the show here about Russell Westbrook and why he didn't perform well as a Laker. Uh, and then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that there.
2: Let me give you, give you some numbers. James Harden with the Brooklyn Nets in 80 games. He averaged 23 points, 8 Ooh. rebounds, 10 and a half assists. Ooh. Harden averaged 25 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, in 45 games without Kyrie. Kyrie. He Ooh. averaged 26 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds, mm-hmm. and 37 games without Durant. You hit you, you him numbers, right? But hold on. Did you listen? Did you are you hear? Did you hear what I said? Yeah. His numbers okay. exponentially went up. Right. With one or both of the guys out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. So now with Paul George and Quatt. And, and and, and, and and now here's the thing that goes unnoticed is Russ is playing extremely well. Yeah. He's already playing well. That's, that's my homie. What's happening, Cuz? He's he's playing extremely well. Yeah. I think the situation was better for him with the Clippers than the no. Lakers. No, because the oh. Clippers or Lakers. The, he's in a better situation with the Clippers oh, than, okay, okay. than he was with the Lakers. Right, right, right. And right, I'm right. happy that he's playing well. Right. But there's a difference between playing well for $4 million and playing so-so for $91 million. You have to understand, when you're making $91 million and you play for the Lakers, there's a different level of expectation right. that comes along with playing with the Lakers. You right. look at the Pantheon, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe, West, Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Amikan, you mm-hmm. know all those guys. And so now the expectation and what was expected, you have to understand, what's expected if you put on that Laker uniform, Ocho? Right. Championship. I, I understand. I understand. Them, they'll, they'll, look here. All them, and LeBron found this out. They say we don't care nothing about them four MVPs, them four MVPs you got over there. We don't care yeah. nothing about no three finals MVPs. We don't care nothing about all them MVPs, the uh, championship, the finals you went to. Right. What
3: the hell are you going to do in the purple and gold? Right, right, right. It's It's understandable. But I don't, you know what? To me, honestly, I don't even think I don't even think the numbers matter because I don't think the players is thinking about that. Whether I'm making $4 million, whether I'm, whether I'm making 91000000 million, I'm still putting in the same work each and every day, hoping to get the results of the work Yes, to fruition when it's time to play in the games. You know, Russ couldn't help that. It's not the fact that he's in a better situation. Sometimes things don't go the way you want them to when you put in the work you're supposed to. That's just the nature of the beast. And it didn't, but right now he's playing well. I'm happy he's, for always played, he's always been able to play well. There's nothing oh, he, wrong. He, he the Things were just door. magnified because he was playing with the goddamn Lakers. That's all. Ta-da. So,
2: if, That's see? It. And guess what? The criticism is also magnified because you right. have to understand, you play right. in OKC, you play in Houston, you right. play in Washington. The right. criticism and the likes, you're on national television at least 40 times a year. Right. Right. You play right. with the Lakers. Ah. And so, when you turn the ball over seven, eight times, or right. you airball a couple of shots and mm. you go seven for 28,
3: or mm. you go two for 17, mm. people are going to talk. Right. So basically, it's basically the same instance with Dak being a part of the Cowboys. Yes. There are certain teams that you play for that move the needle right. much more than others, where and the expectation. regardless of how, you, regardless you of how know, you're playing elsewhere, it's magnified when you're playing for those teams. The Yankees. The Cowboys, the Lakers. Mojo, right. I don't know how you felt about any other relationships
2: you've been in, but if you and Rail were to break up, it would hurt you more because the expectations that you have with her, right. other people that you were just doing with in high school, in college, right, and right, in the right. league, right? You like it hurt a little bit, but right. this because you've invested in the expectation that Rail and I are going further, right? So when you play on a team and mm. the expectations are up here, mm. the criticism is going to be harsher because right. that fan base has an expectation of championship they've gotten spoiled. Right. And that's why you see the Patriots fans booing because for the last 20 years, what they've enjoyed a level of success. No right. other team in the history of the NFL can say they've mm. enjoyed over right. two decades' span. Mm-hmm. And so now they're having a little bad turn and they're like, boo, boo. I remember when the Patriots when people would say, if you weren't uh, if you were playing well, we're going to trade your ass to the Patriots, we're going to yeah. trade you to the Patriots, we're going to trade you to the Bengals, or right. we're going to trade you to the Colts. That's right. what they would say. So mm-hmm. that's how bad it was in, in, in those places. You didn't want to get traded at any of those places. Right, right. And then now, you had unparalleled mm-hmm. since Mr. Kraft has taken over, that brought that team, I think he brought it in like 94, 93, right. 94. And then they go to the Super Bowl, although they'll lose to the Packers mm-hmm. in 96. And then you know what happened in two thousand and one up until Brady left. Yeah. So man, it's it's but I'm happy for Russ that he's he's at a place he's home he's wanted to be home. Yeah. But I think the thing is, the Lakers was a team that's he rooted for Shaq and Kobe. He waited Mm. for he went to those parades and to put your that that jersey on. Right. And it it hurt. I, I and he won't ever say this. Right. But it hurt him. That the community that he grew up in and the team that he rooted for, that the fans felt the way they felt about him because it didn't go as what they the way they thought it would.
1: So you heard uh, what Shannon Sharp had to say. Here's my issue with what he said. I think that he's mischaracterizing the problem. For Shannon Sharp to say that the reason Russell Westbrook didn't perform well uh, was due to the pressure that he felt as being a Laker is absolutely ass backwards logic russell westbrook before he joined the lakers was already a top 75 guy russell westbrook before he joined the lakers was a play that had already gone to the finals russell westbrook before he joined the lakers was a team that was already ex- he had already been on teams in oklahoma city that was expected to make it to the nba finals when they blew that 3-1 lead against the golden state warriors they were supposed to be a team that went to the nba finals so for him to say that he totally lost me, number one, number two, you mean to tell me, okay, so you replaced Russell Westbrook with D'Angelo Russell and D'Angelo Russell, the the pressure is not too much for him, or the uh, or the uh, or Anthony Davis, the pressure wasn't too much for him. What had he done prior to him getting to the Lakers? Help me figure this out. What had he done prior getting to the Lakers? Absolutely nothing. He was putting up great stats but doing nothing in the Western Conference. So to me, um, I think that's wrong. Secondly. The reason Russell Westbrook did not work in in L.A. was because it wasn't a good fit, which was something you yourself said before the trade even went down. You said you don't see how it was a good fit. That essentially, Russell Westbrook and LeBron play the same position, which they do. Which they do. They have a very similar game, except LeBron's game, is he does it much, much better than Russell Westbrook does. And LeBron has a higher basketball IQ than Russell Westbrook. This is not even up for discussion. But to say that the reason Russell Westbrook didn't play well was because of the pressure? Are you freaking... So why would it be that Russell Westbrook was the only one experiencing the pressure? Do you know Do you know how many Lakers, how many Hall of Famers on that Lakers roster? You had Anthony Davis, you had LeBron James, you had Russell Westbrook, you had Dwight Howard, you had Carmelo Anthony. Those are five Hall of Fame players. But Russell Westbrook was the one that felt all of the pressure. He couldn't handle the expectations. That's number one. Number two. So help me figure this this out. Now Russell Westbrook is playing with the Clippers, and the Clippers are not under—they don't have expectations to win a championship? Are you freaking kidding me? Do you know that if the Clippers don't make it to the finals this year and ultimately win it all, they're going to blow up that roster? You want to tell me that they don't have any pressure on them to deliver? With all of the resources that have been pumped into that team and invested in, invested into that that team by Steve Ballmer and these guys, they're not under any championship pressure. I don't I don't get it. How could that be the issue? How could that be the the fact that the matter is he wasn't a good fit? The reason he is playing better on the on the on the Clippers has nothing to do with it with, with pressure. It has everything to do with a basketball fit. That is all. The, 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 the Clippers roster has... They have a roster that's more that's more uh, conducive to the skill sets and strengths that Russell Westbrook has. The Lakers had no shooting. You couldn't have a lineup, a starting five, with both Russell Westbrook and LeBron James in a starting five when both of these guys don't really play off the ball well. You heard LeBron James say the other day when they're playing in the game, I can run the point too. LeBron is not a guy that plays off the ball well. Neither is Westbrook and you didn't get these two guys and you put them in the same starting five. What did you expect to happen? Obviously, Russell Westbrook's game was going to take a hit because LeBron's game was not going to. We knew this already. So for him to say, oh, he couldn't handle the pressure, that's a bunch of nonsense. Russell Westbrook is one of the most confident players we have ever seen. He is one of the most, com- for you to average tri- average a triple-double four times, you got to be a confident player. So I don't want to hear anything about he didn't, he could he he crumbled on the light. So when they made it to the Western Conference Finals, you mean, you mean to tell me D'Angelo Russell had more confidence than Russell Westbrook? You mean to tell me that Austin Reeves could handle the pressure better than, are you, are, are, is this what we're saying? This, again, is another way to diminish. Let him go. You, you wasn't feeling, dude, when he was on your team. Let him go. Why are you even still talking about him? Why are you even still talking about? He's not even on the Lakers no more. Why are you still talking about him? Let him live. Let him He's not even on the Lakers anymore. Let him live. My goodness, man. These dudes just won't let it go. Let it go. It's over. Let him go. Like, come on. Like, what's going on? Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Funny enough, um, yesterday the NBA had something new, which is, or which is, or which was whatever, the new play-in tournament, right? And leading up to this play-in tournament, I really didn't understand how it worked. But when I was watching it yesterday, you could see that there was a lot of excitement and confusion at the same time, right? When I tuned in and I saw the, what is it, the, 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 the Milwaukee Bucks. I forgot the team that were playing, the, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the New York Knicks. I immediately saw the, the, the court, and the first thought that came to my mind was, wait, do they have that championship thing in the middle of the court because they won the championship? And then I saw the different colors. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. No, this is something different. Then I started looking at the jerseys. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is something different. And then I tuned into some other games. I saw the Chicago Bulls-Brooklyn Nets game, and I saw the arena, and I, saw the, I was like, whoa, this is a totally different vibe. And I was like, okay. Uh, this is the new play-in tournament that we have going. Now, what does this have to do with the topic of this video? Well, it has a lot to do with it. Why? Because as you guys know, the NBA has had a problem over the last few years. And the problem is they have this issue where it seems like their players don't care about putting forth an effort to go out there and perform for the paying customer. It seemed like that they were above that. We've heard various players basically say, shut up and watch the game and enjoy. Like, you don't need to be commenting. Just enjoy the greatness in front of you. Kyrie Irving and these guys are the type of people that said stuff like that. And I think it was something that was damaging uh, damaging the, the ratings. Why? Because ratings, were, the, the viewership numbers are going down every year. Now, we have some people that are trying to, uh, uh, what is it, misrepresent the information. They'll say, well, viewership is up. Yeah, it's up from a low. which is already It's, it's a low that is up from the previous low, but it's still low right so if the views used to be let's say eight out of ten and they dropped to five uh they dropped to, let's say four last year initiated went to five they said well it's up yeah but they, yeah, it's up but it's still low right and you have though you have various people trying to play that game uh so about a week or so ago we published a poll on our channel about two days, uh, two days ago excuse me we published a poll on our channel and we said what do you think the primary reason for NBA view, uh, what do you think the primary reason is for for the NBA for NBA viewership dipping? And in that poll, it generated 14,000 views and 866 comments. And in that poll, we asked uh, that we gave five options. First option was player empowerment. Second option was player entitlement. Third option was politics. Fourth option was other things to watch and fifth option was other. Of the 14,000 people that voted, 46% of them, 46% of them said player entitlement. Player entitlement. And then I started going through the comments to read what people were saying. And it seemed like people were just pretty much focused on, uh, but people were basically talking about the fact that now the game is all about stats and giving players a bunch of money. And players not really giving a damn about the product. And then I went back to the poll that we published yesterday, which was this. Or this morning, excuse me, which was this. And we posted this poll. And it depends on when you're seeing the show about an hour ago. And about 1,007 people have voted. And I said, thoughts on the new NBA in-season tournament. Option one, interesting. Option Option two, still a bit unclear. Option three, not necessary. Option four, need more time to form an opinion. And I went through it and I started reading some of the comments because 38% of the people said it's still a bit unclear. One person said, I think it's a shame that it came to this. And I think that what people were talking about was the fact that now we needed to come up with a tournament like this to incentivize players to even give a damn about these games the fact of the matter is this um this is an incentive based thing that the nba is doing number one and number two they're doing it to sell a new product to new uh you know sponsors that would generate more revenue and i think that the nba knew that if they didn't incentivize these guys monetarily they simply would mail it in what am i talking about for those of you who don't know the winning team has an overall prize or a prize uh, pool or whatever you want to call it of $18 million. $18 million. If your team wins this tournament, the play-in tournament, play in, uh, the, the NBA Cup, excuse me, each player is going to be awarded with $500,000 per player. So there's a financial incentive, number one. Number two, the coaches are also going to get some money as well out of this. Now, here's a wrinkle that I didn't expect. When I was watching the games yesterday, and I saw bits and pieces of various games, what I what surprised me was the competitive fervor in the game. Um, these guys were competing, and you could see some of their competitive juices coming up. You know, you know, kind of activating, and guys were really trying to win. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And in that way, it's brilliant what the NBA is doing, because ultimately these people are competitors. They are very, very competitive. For you to make it at that, make it to that level at the professional level, you have to be hyper-competitive. You have to be a hyper-competitive individual. So it was refreshing to see these guys, at least from a comp- competition standpoint, uh, taking it seriously. I was listening to Damian Lillard at the end of the game, uh, and he had some very interesting comments where he was essentially saying, listen, you know, it was a bit confusing, but you could tell that there was an energy in this arena. Even though we can't really understand what this energy is, There's an energy in here, and I think that is a good thing. I think it's a good thing. But to the poll itself, I think it's quite telling that the majority of those people, and I think if you open up that poll to a wider pool, let's say 100,000 people, I think it will still continue to trend in that direction. I think it's still telling that a lot of these people think that the reason that the viewership numbers are going down is because of player entitlement, and I think there's some real truth to that. If you look at the last All-Star game, Coach Mike Malone said it was the worst basketball game he had ever seen in his life. That's what Coach Mike Malone, we're talking about professional NBA players and you have a head coach at the NBA level saying that this was the worst basketball game he had ever seen. Because the guys simply didn't care. They just didn't care. They couldn't be bothered by it. And I'll never forget hearing Shy Gilchrist Alexander basically say, if you want players to take it more seriously, incentivize, incentivize us, money talks. That is damn right. That is downright shameful. You're earning tens of millions of dollars to already be in the NBA, and you're now talking about the NBA needs to pay you more money for you to be incentivized to go out there and compete? I mean, that was, that was very, very shameful. So for these guys to say that I think the NBA knows that it has a problem, and I think by them— implementing this apart from the monetary gains that they could potentially gain down the line i think it solves the the, the an issue here where these guys need to take this thing more seriously now they said whoever wins uh some of this goes towards their regular season uh, uh record i don't know what i don't know how that works i have to wait and see how it how it all works i think is this thing continues on because they play every tuesday and saturday we're going to we're going to learn more information about it as it goes but i think the nba realizes it, it has a problem and they're solving it in, in a very brilliant way because they did have a problem. And for the fans to have that sentiment, which which essentially they're saying that they feel like the players don't care. That is a problem. Because if the customers don't feel like their money is being valued, you have a very, very serious problem. You're not going to be in business for long if you don't value your customers. I'm sorry. And the NBA noticed that. And I think they're doing something to rectify the issue that they have in front of them. Thank you for listening to today's show and don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.